Okay. Okay. I'm an Aleph. Top of the page. If you remember where we were, we had had a machalkos between Rav Huna Amarav and Rav Yehuda on the bottom of Yud Zayin Abayz about whether what the halacha is by case of Shomeris Yavam Shemesa, right? When a woman Shomeris Yavam, a woman who is um, ready for Yibam to take place, she had been married to a man. Her, he died. They had no children. And he has a brother. So she is now, and she's not an Erevada anybody. So she is a Shemeris Yavam. She's preparing, she's ready to marry Dida Du Yivam or Chalitza with the Yavam, with the brother. So what happens when she, when he, if, um, if she passes away, right, what's the halacha meaning, what's the halacha specifically about her, the, the Yavam marrying her mother? And the, the, the underlying principle that we're discussing is whether yesh zika or ein zika, right? Again, everyone really, and remember, everyone re, re, uh, agrees that there is, meaning there is a zika in the sense that a woman, any, any woman who's a Shemer Yavam, she's preparing to do yibum with, uh, or, or chalitza with her brother-in-law, so there's a zika, there's a connection there. That's one, you can't do yibum unless there, or chalitza unless there's a zika. The question is, does that zika have other ramifications for other relationships? So for example, um, in this case, do we say that the, that her mother now is forbidden to the Yavam, just like the mother would be forbidden forever if, if she had been married to the Yavam, right? So if she had, you know, if a woman is married to a man, he becomes forbidden to his mother-in-law forever, even if his wife passes away. So does that Zika make them as if they're already married now, even though they haven't done anything, right? They haven't done Mimer, they haven't, they haven't had a physical relationship, they haven't done anything. Um, but just that's in the fact that the Zika exists, that is, that's enough to create this relationship that's almost like a marriage relationship. And therefore, right, her sister would be forbidden to him and yada, yada, all these other cases that, that are now coming to play because of their relationship. Or no, ain Zika. They're not really related at all yet. They haven't, they haven't uh, become married in any way. However, the only connection is the fact that she's prepared to do Yibam or Chalitza with him and needs one or the other. So, Rav Yehuda was of the opinion that Shemeris Yavam Shemesa Asr Bi'ima, right, that, that a Shemeris Yavam who would pass away, that the man remains forbidden to the mother, meaning, Ama Kasavar Yesh Zika, right, it sounds like he holds it is a Zika. So the Gemara had a, had a, you know, explanation as to why he didn't want to say, just say, just say explicitly Yesh Zika, fine. But now the Gemara tries to prove that Rav Yehuda is correct, uh, that Yesh Zika. So take a look, second line, on Yudchasamalav said the end of the line, uh, last word of the line. Lema misayale. So let me bring you a proof, right? Something that's a, that that will help uh, Rabbi Yehuda. Yevamto shemesa mutter baachosa. Baachosa in beimalo. Right. So this is another case, similar case, right? Actually, the same case. Yevamto shemesa. Right. The woman who is supposed to be getting married to the the, the brother-in-law and she passes away. So what happens? So the, so the, the Bryce says that um, he's allowed to marry the sister, right? And, the, and we've seen the almost exact same case before, right? That uh, she's allowed to marry the sister. Oh, he's allowed to marry the sister. And specifically says the sister is who's permitted. So the implication is that specifically the sister is permitted, but the implication is that the mother is forbidden. Remember, when it comes to the cases of sisters, um, a man's only not allowed to be married to two sisters if they're both, if they're both alive. Right? If one of them passes away, he's allowed to be married to one of the sisters. Um, 
But when it comes to the mother, the mother, right? So that's not true. But when it comes to the mother, if uh, he was ever married to, the, to a woman, he could never marry the mother, even if the wife passes away. Um, that's just why, why, why are you making even this distinction here? But the point is, the fact that it's going out of its way to explicitly say, Mutter Bachosa, implication is that she can't marry, he can't marry the mother. Why? Oh, sounds like Rabbi that ain't that yesh zika, right? That relationship applies even though they never got married ever. So, answers the Gemara, no, and we saw this answer before. Hu adina filo be'ima. No, really, he could go ahead. He could, even this, this mission does not mean to tell me that he can't marry the mother. It's not, it's not coming to exclude the mother. Really, he could marry the mother. But since the, the, the first part of the Brisa had said, that if a, woman, a person's wife, actual wife, passes away, he's permitted to marry her sister. Right? And there, it's specifically the sister, but again, we mentioned before, but the mother, a person's forbidden from marrying ever um, once he's married to a woman. Because that's, that's an issue that's... that's that's uh, in, in the books, and you can never even, that never goes away. So, Tananami Seifa, Mutter Bachosa. So, in the Seifa also, it says also, Mutter Bachosa, again, just to keep the two, the, the, the beginning and the Mishnah uh, consistent, like we've always mentioned before, right? They, they always wanted to keep the language in the Mishnahis consistent because they were right, they were memorizing them, right? So, they use the same structure and say, Mutter Bachosa, even though here, Mutter Bachosa really means also Mutter Bima. Fine. Okay. So, now the Gemara is going to attack a Vida. Right, this is his idea of Yesh Zika. Mesiv of Huna Bar So the attack is false. Asa ba Maimer Umes Shnia Choletes Velo Misyabem. So this case actually is the case in our Mishnah. So if you want to look at just for a minute, just to remind yourself in Yudzayin Amad Aleph. So in Yudzayin Amad Aleph, the bottom of the page, that was our, the mission that, we're, that we're, everything's based on, right? So if, if you remember, the case was, was Ketzad Yeshis Achiv Shlohi Ala Bolamoi. The case was, what do you, how do you find a scenario where the brother who was never in the world at the same time as their first brother, right? So we talked about the, the, the scenario where you had two brothers and one of them, and, and um, they're each married, right? Uh, to a different women, and one of them dies. Um, and then what happens? So Reuven and Shimon, and then Reuven dies. After Reuven dies, Levi is born, right? Um, and then Shimon goes ahead, he does Yibam with... with um, Shimon goes ahead and does, does Yibam with Reuven's wife, who is we'll call her Sarah, right? And Reuven was already married to another woman, Rivka, right? And then what happens? And Shimon dies. So what happens? So Shimon's married to Reuven's former wife, Sarah, and his own wife, Rivka. But Levi, right, is forbidden to Sarah because he was Aisha's Ach, right? He was never alive at the same time as Reuven. So she's still Aisha's Ach, she's still the wife of his brother, but he doesn't have the the, uh, the Chiddush of Yibam to allow him to marry her. So that's why, we, that's why Levi is not allowed to marry Sarah, right, Reuven's original wife, because he had been born after Reuven had already died. So the question the Gemara, the, and the Mishnah raises is what if Shimon, but that was all because Shimon had already married Sarah and had been married to Rivka also, right? So Sarah and Rivka were sorrows to each other, right? Because they, are both, they were both married to Shimon. But the question was, what would happen if Shimon... Again, Shimon was always married to his wife, Rivka, but this woman, Sarah, who was the, uh, the wife of Reuven, and therefore, and she's the Tzara, she's the one who causes problems for Levi, because he's Eishas Achshalayabalamo, what would happen if Shimon never officially did Yibam with Sarah, but he just did Mimer with her, right? Mimer is the, like, the Rabbanon uh, Kiddushin, 
that you do in a case of Yivam. But again, they hadn't had any physical relationship yet. So Midar Raisa, they hadn't done any actual, um, hadn't done a- any Yivam. Because right? Yivam is only, Yibam Midar Raisa is only if they actually have relations. So what happens if Asaba Maimer? He only did Maimer. He hadn't done anything else yet. Umes, um, and then Shimon dies. So again, what's the status of these two women? Right? So the, the, the Mishnah says, Shniya Choletes below... Um, Right, so what happens in that case? So the, the first woman, right, Sarah definitely can't marry Levi because again, she's the erva of Aisha's Achshloi But what about Rivka right, in this case? So again, in that scenario, she's not really a Tsara to Sarah, right? Why? Why? Because Shimon didn't really marry Sarah. Or he, well, sorry, he didn't mind her, only made the Rabbana. So we say, what do you do about, so what do we say about Rivka? We say about her, she do a chalitza, right, but she can't do a yibum. So look at, so now now go back to our Gemara. Okay? So our Gemara said, um, right, what happens in that case? If Shimon had done Maimer, right, he had he had started the process of marrying marrying uh, uh, marrying Sarah. So then Rivka also, right, she, she's out. She, she can't do uh, Yibam anymore, but she, she just needs to do Chalitza. So what's the implication? Says the Gemara, right? Why is she now out from marrying? Right? Why is Rivka now out from marrying Levi? Again, remember, Rivka can marry Levi no problem. She's, just, she's Shimon's wife. There's no, there's, no, there's no Arias there at all. There's no Erva. Right? The only reason she's going to be out is because she's the Tzara to... Sarah, who's Aishas Ach Shalaya Belalama. So her status, right, to, to, to Levi, really, she should be totally fine. She should be allowed to Yiv of no problem when Shimon passes away. The only, pro- the only reason she's going to be out is if what? Is if she's really a Tsara to Sarah. Right? So once Shimon does Mimer, so then Midra Banu will say, look, they look like they're both married to Shimon. Right? He did Mimer already. They had a wedding, whatever. They did something that looks very much like they're, now they're both married to Shimon, to, to Shimon. So now if Shimon dies, we can't have Levi marry either of them, not even Rivka. Why? Because it looks like she's a tzara to an Aishas Achshali Abelamo. And, and that's why she's out of the running. So says the Gemara, that's only because he did Mimer. Halo Ava Bamimer, What's the implication? What would happen if in that scenario, again, Shimon had done nothing with Sarah? Okay, so let's just play, play it out, right? Ruvain is married to Sarah. Shimon is married to Rivka. Levi doesn't exist yet. Ruvain passes away. Now Levi's born. Boom, the moment Levi's born, Sarah is forbidden to Levi, right? Because he was never alive at the time when her husband was alive. Good. Now Shimon dies. Shimon dies. Again, Shimon had done nothing when it comes to... Uh, when it comes to Sarah. So what should the halacha be? The halacha should be that Levi can do Yibum with Rivka. Why? Because he has no connection to Sarah. Sarah's the other brother's wife, right? He can't marry her, fine, but, she, but he should be able to marry Rivka. So the implication of the mission is, absolutely, he can, no problem. So it says the Gemara, but wait a second. If you hold Yesh Zika, what would that mean? If you hold Zika, what does that mean? It would mean that actually Sarah and Shimon have a connection already. And halakhically, since Sarah 
since Sarah is waiting for Shimon to do Yibam and he passed away before, and I don't care he passed away. So what did he pass away? They were already connected. Yesh Zika. This Ke'idu, they were already married in a certain sense. And if they're already married, what would that mean? That would mean that Levi can't even do Yibam with Rivka, with, the second, with Shimon's wife, right? Because Yesh Zika, there's already a connection between Shimon and Sarah. And if there's already a connection, that means that now there's a connection between Sarah and Rivka. Now they're Tsaras. And once they're Tsaras, so now Levi can't marry Rivka either. So if, if the Mishnah implies that the only reason why um, Levi can't marry uh, Rivka, you know, he does Chalitza but not Ibam, is because Shimon had already done Mimer. The implication is if he had done nothing, he would be allowed to do a full-fledged Ibam with Rivka. What does that prove? That proves Ein Zika. Right? That proves that Shimon and Sarah had no relationship, even though they had a Zika Yibam, even though he was you know, ready to do Yibam with her or a Chalitza with her. Um, the fact that he didn't means that the status of the other relationships, again, always relates to the other relationships, right? So the implication of the mission is that, they would, that the other relationships are not impacted and that, that Rivka is not a tzara as long as uh, Shimon and, and uh, Sarah didn't, didn't, have, didn't go further and do anything, mimer, etc. So this is the way the Gemara wants to prove or at least attack Rav Yehuda who holds the Zika because the implication here is that as long as nothing happened, as long as Shimon didn't do anything, then his relationship with, with, with Sarah doesn't go anywhere, even though they have this Zika relationship. Can I ask, anybody have any questions about that? I, I just have one question. Well, no, I, I have more questions. <laughs> one that we can try to answer, yeah. Right. I know it's, I know it's complicated, complicated argument, but yeah. But are we saying that this whole obligation of Eva in this particular case rests on whether Shimon does what he's supposed to do in the amount of time that he's supposed to do it? No. It's almost as if, it, I mean, I don't know if it's a good analogy, but we're also saying that Ibum is a mitzvah, as I say, shows as my No. Right, right, right. No, but it's like a set time to do this mitzvah. If he doesn't, then that completely changes the whole scenario. So, so don't, yeah, so it's a good question, but that, that's not really the point. I mean, the answer is no. Yibam, the obligation of Yibam remains forever. Actually, that's how I, women can sometimes be left as agunos if you can't ever find the brother-in-law. Brother-in-law's out and lives somewhere in Afghanistan and you can't find him. She can never get married, right? If they can't find, uh, you know, they can't find him to do Yibam or Chalitza. So that remains forever. And that's the, the, the regular Zika that exists between brother-in-law and sister-in-law, right? Our machlokas, yesh Zika or ain Zika, is the question of whether that relationship, it's not really a relationship, but that, 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 the fact that they're tied to each other, right? She's tied to him in the sense that she can't go forward and marry somebody else unless he married, unless he divorced and he does chalitza with her, or, and she's able to marry him if he wants to do yibam, right? That, that's the connection. That's how they're tied to each other. That's always true. The, the question here is, what if they do nothing? What if they've done nothing? is that relationship have an impact on other relationships in their life? So for example, the example here would be, is she considered a tzara to, to Shimon's actual wife? Right, because at this point, Shimon's actually married to Rivka. He's not actually married to Sarah. He's done nothing with Sarah. It just happens to be that he's the brother of Sarah's husband who passed away. So do we say, well, wait a minute, immediately these two women are considered tzaras to each other. So the answer is that's only true if you hold, if you hold yesh zika. The answer is the fact that there is the potential 
for their you know, relationship to go further, that they can do Yibum and Erchalitza, means that we, they are already connected in like, the other ways that people who are married are connected. Or do we say, no, it's just this one relationship between Shimon and Sarah. So the point here is that the fact that the, that the Gemara considers that or the mission, our Mishnah is allowing Levi to do Yibum with Sarah, sorry, to do, do Yibum with Rivka, if Shimon never did anything with Sarah, implies that no, that relationship, yeah, there's a relationship between Shimon and Sarah, but that's by itself. That has no impact on any of the other relationships that they have with anybody else. Does that make sense? Sort of. Okay. Um, okay. So anyways, that's the Gemara is trying to, trying to argue. Okay. Um, fine. So the Gemara said, time of the Mimer. The case was, it was because, only because she had done Mimer. Halo Ababa Mimer. Shniya Nami Yivum Niyabma. Right? Um, and it continues the Gemara. Amresh Yesh Zika. And if you want to argue, Yesh Zika. Havi Alad Saras Eishes Achib. Right, and if and if we hold it yesh zika, then again, then then he should never be allowed to marry to to marry uh, Rivka because she's already she's already at Sarah to this to to to, to Sarah who is Ashes actually a Belama. So so what are you gonna do with this? So Amaraba who adin da afagab to lo abe maimer shnia mechlatz chalza yivu milamiyamen. So it says Rabbi, you're being too midactic in the Mishnah. The mission doesn't really mean to say that it's only because he didn't do mimer, or he did mimer that the second woman Rivka can't do, uh, you know, can't do yibum, has to only do chalitza, etc. That's not the impact on Rivka is not only if Shimon um, did mimer already with with Sarah. That's not true. Okay, so so how the katani mimer? So why does it say us about mimer in that case only once they already started the process by doing this dirabanan marriage? That that now the second woman can't can't marry uh, can't marry Levi just as Chalitza. That's lafu giving beshamai. That's or to to exclude the shita beshamai. Why? Because beshamai holds that Amre Mimer Kona Kinyan Gomor. Right? Because beshamai holds that once you do Mimer, what happens? They are fully married. Okay. If according to beshamai, if if uh, Shimon does Mimer with Sarah, they didn't have any physical relationship yet. Right? They had not had Tashmish Hamida. They did not have relations. But nevertheless, the fact that they did mimer, what happens? They are fully married. What happens once they are fully married? If Shimon does yibum, right? If Shimon would do yibum and marry Sarah, what would happen to Rivka? Can Rivka can Rivka marry? Uh, and sorry, and then he dies, right? Can Rivka do yibum with Levi? No, absolutely not. She's a for sure a vadai Sarah to Sarah, and Sarah was a a a to Levi, right? She's. In which case, Rivka doesn't need anything. She doesn't need Yibam, she doesn't need Chalitza, she doesn't need anything. So why does the, so the mission tell me, if Shimon would do Mimer with Sarah and then die, so then Levi has to do Chalitza, has to do chalitza with, with Rivka. That's to tell me that she needs that even Chalitza. Right? That's the Chiddush, that, that she even needs Chalitza. Because according to Beishamai, she wouldn't need anything. According to Beishamai, she's totally out. Because once he does, once uh, Shimon does does mimer, it's considered they're fully married already. So that's that's the chiddush of the Mishnah, and has nothing to do with the question of yesh zika or ein zika. Fine. So so the Gemara rejects the attack on Rav Yehuda. Okay. Fine. So now we're going to try a new attack, and this same concept is going to come up again. We're, this is all yesh zika ein zika, and it's always the same rule, right? That if 
that if uh, that trying to prove yesh zika means that there's a relationship, the other relations are, are in my life are impacted. My, can he marry my mother, my sister, my brother, whatever? All those relationships are impacted even before any marriage process has taken place at all. Just the fact that they have that connection. So that's going to be the case all the way around here. So Gemara is going to attack again. So Abaye now is trying to attack again the Shita of Rabbi Huda. And he says as follows that Yesh Zika. So he says as follows Shnei Achin Ba'olam Echad. You have two brothers in the same world. Okay, what does it mean, Olam Echad? Remember what we're talking. Olam Echad just means that they're both alive at the same time. Okay? We're all, Baruch Hashem, continued for many years, to be Olam Echad. We're all alive at the same time. That's all it means. So you have two brothers who are alive at the same time. And one of them dies without any children. And the second brother gets up, Shimon, so that was Ruvain, passed away. And Reuven and Shimon, they're living at the same time. Reuven passes away, he was married and has no children. And now it happens, his brother gets up to do my Rabbi Yavamto. So now Shimon is going to marry Sarah, going to marry his wife. And he doesn't have a chance. And before he has a chance to do Maimer, what happens? Levi is born. Okay, a third brother, again, who was not Bo'olamo with Reuven. He was never alive at the same time as as Reuven, right? Okay. And now, of course, Levi would be forbidden to marry Sarah, right? Because they're actually Okay. Umates. And then what happens, of course, Shimon passes away. Okay. Harish, so, and so fine. So now Shimon has, um, uh, so, so Shimon, basically Shimon never did anything with Sarah and he has a wife, Rivka. Okay, so he never did Mimer. He never had any relationship at all with Sarah, but they had a Zikal Yibam. He was supposed to Yibam with her. Fine. Okay, so what happens? So Sarah is off the table for Levi again because he wasn't even alive when her, when, when, uh, her husband had been alive. Fine. But Rivka, right, Shimon's wife... What about her? So she can do chalitza or yibum. Either one's fine. Why can she? Do, why can he do yibum or chalitza with her? Presumably, she has no relationship with Sarah, the original woman. Right? They were not related at all. He, Shimon, Rivka's husband, had never had never done yibum with Sarah. They didn't do anything. So what happens? So so yeah. So Levi can't marry Ru, can't marry Reuven's wife. There, she's He can't marry Sarah. However, he's allowed to do whatever he would like. When it comes to Rivka, he can marry her, he can do Yibam, or he can do Chalitza. Either one is fine. Okay. But if you hold Yesh Zika, if you hold the relationship between Shimon and Sarah is a real relationship, even though he never did anything with her, what shall Zika? Then Rivka should also be off the table. Right? Rivka should also be forbidden in that case. Yes, are you with me? Yeah, right? Because again, if she's, it, it, I don't care that he did us about Maimar, I don't care that he didn't, that he didn't do Yibam. It doesn't make a difference. Yesh Zika, right? Sarah and Reuven are, are, are Ke'ilu married in the, for our purposes. In which case, she's at Sarah to Rivka. But the Mishnah said, what do you mean? Rivka can marry Levi, no problem. How can that be? Right? So it must, it must be, right? If you, you must be that this, that this opinion the Mishnah holds, Ein Zika. That the relationship between Shimon and Sarah is only between Shimon and Sarah and doesn't impact anybody else. 
So that's, that's a big hash on Rabbi Huda. That's really a problem, right? How can Rabbi Huda hold Yesh Zika, the Gemara, so this mission seems to be beferish, that ain't Zika, that we don't care about that relationship when it comes to other relationships. So answers Gemara, hot money, every mayor, he, no, don't worry. This is not a Stam mission. Again, we're really bothered. Rabbi Huda would be in trouble if there was a, a mission that had no author. A mission that had no author, stop, we usually, Paskin Halakhic is Stam mission most of the time. So if you have a, and, and Stam mission usually represents the opinion of the majority of, of the, of the Chachamim. So if, if this is a Stam Mishnah that doesn't have a name, doesn't have an author, and, and seems to hold very clearly, Ein Zika, then Rav is in big trouble. Okay? However, if this Mishnah is one particular, has one particular author, then you say, fine, I don't care. So this is one person who argues with Rav Yehuda. Ha money. Rav Yehuda, actually, this is Rav Meir, the Amar Ein Zika. Right? Because Rav Meir holds Ein Zika. So if it's, it's, if it's just Rav Meir, so then, okay, you're right. There's a Mahogas, Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda. Very nice. The fact that Rabbi Meir holds Ein Zika doesn't mean Rabbi Huda can't hold Yesh Zika. So that's, uh, that's the Gemara's answer at this point. The Gemara is now going to attack afterwards who, hold, who says Rabbi Meir even holds Ein Zika, and we'll, we'll have to continue that tomorrow. But the bottom line is at this point, what the, the Gemara has, uh, is, is dodging the question here on Rabbi Huda is just by saying, look, as long as it's not the majority of the Chachamim who disagree with Rabbi Huda, so you can have one other, you know, another Amora, another, another, another Tana who holds different from Yehuda, that's fine. That's, uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't really bother us. It doesn't, that doesn't, that's not a mesa way. Right? That's not a contradiction of Yehuda can't possibly be correct. He can. He can hold one thing or may hold something else. Fine. So uh, try to take, give your brains a little bit of a, of a break now uh, and, and uh, you need to try to wrap your heads around these cases again. But when we come back tomorrow, we'll continue, uh, continue with the Gemara here.